0: reading our scripture for us tonight.
1: Yeah, this is an excerpt from, the, from John 4, the longer passage that, that Anna preached on last time. So this is verses 10 through 14 this to kind of get us back into the discussion. So Jesus is meeting this woman at the well. You gave us the background last time. She's a Samaritan woman. So there's some tension there between Jews and non-Jews. There's also tension between, at that time, a man meeting a woman alone. Uh, you you covered that last time, but that's kind of the background here. So they're having to talk at this well. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself? as did also his sons and his livestock. And Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water, welling up to eternal life. Great. This is the word of the Lord.
0: Thanks be to God. So last week I I talked about this text, um, this text plus I did from kind of beginning of chapter four of John right through to verse twenty six, and primarily um, I was talking about this new uh, fifth root that we're talking about in our series, which is spiritual inbreaking, the idea that God is active and present and with us, and he longs to minister his presence to us. And Jesus explains in this chapter of John that in order for that to happen, we need God's spirit, but we also need need, um, God's truth. And so he explains to this woman and to us that both those things need to be present for us to be able to worship God um, freely and to know him and experience his action in our uh, life and in our uh, our hearts. So I attempted to explain, I hope I did okay, (laughs) explaining how we can ask for God to impart his presence presence to us at any time, and especially in this season of need, um, this is a great time for us to come to God with all of our petitions and desires and longings, all of the um, unmet needs that we feel that we have, uh, and that the Spirit will minister to us, the Spirit will impart God's presence to us, and care for us in the ways that we need. Uh, and that's what he was trying to communicate to the Samaritan woman, and that's what we can know as well. So I see Andy writing <laughs> furiously. <laughs> You've got some thoughts, Andy?
1: Yeah, I, well, I mean, this, this is from, uh, this is what stuck out to me when you were, when, when you were speaking and when you were preaching, and uh, more than we can cover at the time we have cover, but... Um, The first thing was just the basically what he says here, and you you highlighted it. If you only knew, if you realized, and she didn't, she as the story develops, you talked about how she learns more about who this person is, and eventually, I think by the end of the episode, like come, did you cover this part? Come see everyone who, come see someone who didn't get to that part. But But she gets there, right? Who who told me everything I ever ever did, or something like that? Could just be the Messiah. So she's getting. to that spot but she's completely clueless at the beginning of the episode and it just struck me that that's us that's us if we only knew like this is the to me this is the challenge of of the significance of god's spirit with us is that if we only knew the pres the the presence of God with us that is promised here, that is talked about, not just here, but all over the scriptures in the New Testament especially, Um, just how that would shape and shift our imaginations and our expectations. Um, We were talking in our neighborhood table this past week about about how challenging it is for maybe if we grew up in we knew people, or if we were part of a charismatic church, you brought you brought up some of the, your background with that. That some of the ways that we engage the or they, charismatics might in, charismatics might engage the spirit, but we don't experience it the same way. And then we wonder, oh, we draw the conclusion maybe I don't have the spirit, or maybe I do, but I just don't know how. You know, but if we started the other way around, like what if we started with the assumption that the Spirit is with us and then worked backwards towards, okay, then if that's true, then how could I interpret interpret or understand my experience in light of God being with me throughout my day in a meaningful way? And maybe it doesn't look like some of these expectations over here all the time. Maybe it's an invitation to kind of re... rethink what the Spirit looks like in our lives. That yeah. that was a really intriguing conversation for yeah. me.
0: It's interesting because I had a whole section of my sermon originally that I had to cut for time mm-hmm. um, where I talked about that assumption, like not coming to God with suspicion but coming to God with trust mm-hmm. and just trusting that the Spirit is here. He's with us and moving forward from that.
1: And that's place. that's where your point about the truth comes in because... Mm-hmm. It's not a blind trust. It's a trust in something specific and peculiar that that Jesus is is explaining and teaching, and, and teaches all throughout the Gospels. And so, it on the one hand, it might come down to our trust in the reliability of Jesus and his words, or the reliability of of the Bible, which I know is a, a big question for for some or for many of us. Um, but he's making the point that true worship is tethered to these two things together. The the presence of God's Spirit with us, which sort of frees us from having to go to a particular place in order to pray or, or to communion with God, but also tethered to God's words, that this is a particular God, not just one of our own making. That kind of depends on how we feel on the day, that He's, he's particular and He's there. Um, and if we could learn how to trust those two things, then I think there's a big invitation here for us. I just wrote down that, um, the daily chores thing, because she's doing her daily chores. She's just (laughs) out doing her work, right? I got to get water, uh, for all the chores around the house. And it's just kind of a mundane thing. And she has this, the spiritual, you could say the spiritual experience of her life. Yeah. Encountering Jesus. And, there's got to be something of that kind of element, too, in this of not just the mountaintop stuff, not just the, but there's this everydayness that, that God mm-hmm. comes to us.
0: Mm-hmm. That's great. Josh?
2: It's magic. This is the, this is the cool part of the faith. This? <laughs> yeah. I mean, resurrection is really great. But this is the magical side, and you never know what's going to happen, to your point. We'd like to seal things off, make compartments of everything, but really, if the kingdom of God, if the kingdom of heaven, the place where God dwells and inhabits, if that's more real and more firm than the life that we live, and if there's some points of intersection like that, Parallel universe and where we get glimpses into some other reality, some overlay, where water is more than water in this in this picture, and later in John six, bread is more than bread, flesh is more than flesh, and every, and in in the Gospel of Mark when Jesus is talking about it, we wear the, the the leaven, the yeast of the Pharisees, and they're like. We, we only have one loaf of bread. He's like, Are you? No, that's not what I'm talking about. There's always an extra layer. And what, I can't remember what writer said this. That in, in, a, in a sort of post Christian, post theistic world, we're haunted by ghosts. Like there's, because we're always looking around for horizontally for meaning and trying to locate meaning here and there. But it doesn't have that much meaning unless there's a second layer which is inhabited and mystical, and magical. I don't mean like incantation sort of magic. I mean like at any point in time, you could meet Jesus at the well. Or you've got an Acts when um, this is right after the coming of the Holy Spirit, doing some magic, like some, some fire show, and then leading into the community, which we talked about at the end of Acts 2. And then the beginning of Acts 3. Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer. They were just doing their daily prayers. And a man, lame from birth, so this, is, this guy's been busted, coming from the womb, was being carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, that is called the beautiful gate, to ask alms of those entering the table. So he's humiliated and he's asking for help. Seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked and received alms. And Peter directed his gaze at him, as did John, and said, look at us. And he fixed his attention on them. But Peter said, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. That's magic. But that, like, stands out as unique, extraordinary, and exceptional. These things don't happen all the time. And it's a great mystery we would like them to happen more.
0: Yeah, they don't happen they don't happen all the time now. They happened all the time when Jesus walked around. <laughs> and they seem to happen with greater frequency in the gospels. Yeah. And in the book of Acts.
2: Yeah, but not enough. I mean, there's still more people that need to be healed sure. all the time and he's yeah. like I came to teach and to preach and so it's sort of, and some of the atheists, agnostics who challenge Jesus, the goodness of Jesus go, well, if he we could heal the blind man, well, why not heal blindness? Right. So there is the mystery and the will and the pleasure of God, and we can't really know that, and that's kind of frustrating. But here's the thing, at any point, God could do something magical, so to speak.
1: Yeah? Yeah. and. It- like in John's gospel, so when she says here, I sorry, I perceive you're a prophet after he <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> like, yeah, yeah. changed the subject. <laughs> oh, I see that you're a prophet. <laughs> that um, that I'm, I'm dig- I've dug into John 14. I'm going to preach on that next time. Um, he says, it's that Greek word behind see, to see, mm-hmm. uh, to perceive, to see.
0: To
1: know. Yeah, he says in uh, John 14, you will see me. After I go away, I'll be. it won't be physically present anymore, basically, but you will mm-hmm. see me. And it's a little confusing. Um, but you go back and you look at all the time that John uses that word. And it's always on this other layer that you're talking about, Josh. It's not just a physical seeing. It's the sign at Cana when he turns the water into wine. The mm-hmm. disciples and the servants, they saw something different. The woman at the well here, I perceive something beyond just what I first thought I was seeing here, mm-hmm. and there's like half a dozen or more of these throughout John's gospel, and it's always seeing something beyond just the physical, and I think it's this invitation, and you're right, it, the big stuff doesn't happen enough or, or all that often, but I wonder, though, if there's an invitation to get in the habit of learning to see beyond, to kind of see into that other that other realm or that other layer of, oh God, is this you at work? Maybe not with a big miraculous water into wine or a healing, but is there these subtle things that are, that I am hearing or that's happening in our common life together that we could say, oh, wait a minute, maybe that maybe that was the Spirit of God doing something in our midst, and we just need to learn to have eyes to, to see have it. Eyes
0: to see. I mean, Jesus communicates to her in this prolonged interaction that the Spirit is available to her whenever she asks. Like, the Spirit of God wants to communicate God's presence. Whenever we ask, and something we talked about at staff meeting this week around this text was, do we ask? Do we hunger? Do we thirst? Do we do we expect? Do we anticipate? Do we invite God in? No, most of the time, we are just doing the mundane thing, and we don't take the opportunity to ask. And what she demonstrates here in this progressive conversation is, Well, just a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. And in the end, she has a conversation and a realization that transforms her life. And ultimately, her entire village is saved because of this revelation.
1: Right, because it's not just water for her. It's water through her for others. That's another point of yours of um, he doesn't just provide for us, but also for others through us, because this becomes the the well for others to also draw from. That's pretty cool. It is the asking and the looking and the
2: hearing. It has to be, because most of life is routine and ordinary until you hit bumps, and some of them are bad bumps, like pandemic bumps, and some of them are like sweet surprises. Wow, that's cool, you know? <laughs> like, But he, it seems like God wants us to keep asking and looking and seeing and to receive what we have with gratitude, which transforms how we look at it and receive it. And then sometimes he gives us a little extra, and those become the Ebenezer's from that one song, Come Thou Fount, the rock of remembrance. He gives those special spots in one's life, go, wow, unmistakably that was God. It stood out, right? And that's most of the Bible. There's just selective bits of (laughs) these puncture points between that universe and this one, these parallel realities. And... But also, that's the exceptional side, but the most exceptional stuff is the ordinary stuff. Because he says, Paul in Galatians, to keep in step with the Spirit, that's the the heading. And it's not like speaking in tongues like crazy all the time. It's the stuff I say whenever I've been vexed by my children since very early on. (laughs) Peace, patience, love, kindness, faithfulness, (laughs) self-control. I said it three times a day to prevent myself from... Swearing is <laughs> not <It's a> profanity <laughs> because of various technical things and frustration. Yeah, That's, But it's, it's in sort of an incantation, but it actually helps me be present with God and ask. Because he says, the fruit of the Spirit, this big cluster of grapes, <laughs> being with the Spirit is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. That's what's available to us. It's only like little highlight in Corinthians of the really extraordinary stuff. This is the money shot. This is the, the ordinary stuff. And the hardest stuff is to have patience with people who are very irritating. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Not mentioning any names. <laughs> no, yeah. Yeah. I wonder if we spent more time asking and seeking and interceding with god around around these things that the spirit would be more resident in us that that wouldn't transform us more i I don't know about you guys but i know for me part of the struggle of this time of pandemic is like there's just hours to fill in the day you know and the the temptation to like stare at our screens or do mindless things is great um the other night i I just decided to call up a friend and we decided just to pray together. Like, rather than just having a normal conversation, we're like, let's just use this time to pray. And we prayed for like an hour and a half. And it was so good to kind of turn off my brain, shut down all the things that are charging around in my head, and just allow the Holy Spirit to minister his presence to her, to me. We prayed for our kids, we prayed for our neighborhoods. And it was just so satisfying to, to just invite God into that moment. And, um, I think we need to do that more because God wants to, he wants to impart his presence. He, he wants to give us that good fruit. He wants to bear in us. And, you know, as Jesus said, there's streams of living water that lead us to eternity. That's there for us anytime we ask.
2: I mentioned at staff meeting, cause Anna was sharing this at staff meeting to give us some direction. When I was at this, a former church, good, we're still in good standing. (laughs) It's not an (laughs) 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 ex. Yeah. (laughs) There was this seeker, she had an aroused appetite for spiritual things, and she came to the church, and um, we had, we we used that as a chance to start like a college and career group, you know, 20s, 20-somethings group, and there was about six or seven of us, and I don't know, six weeks in, I can't remember how how far in we were. But we were going through this passage in John 4. And I said on a whim, you know what? Why don't we just see what happens? We'll pray, we'll read through this passage and pray through it every single day for this next week and see where we're at in a week from now. And a week later we say, Well, that was it was great. It was helpful. It's I don't know if you've ever done it. It is a helpful exercise. It was like generally helpful. But then when I asked at this group, you know, how would it go? This woman said, I was reading this on a, like day five. I realized, wait, I'm always thirsty. I literally always have a Nalgene with me all the time because I've been so thirsty lately. And then she, she realized that she was the one in this story. She had a bit of a rocky past that she was not proud of. And that led to this amazing encounter with Jesus but it wasn't on day 1 or 2 or 3 of reading the same section like that sort of is the, is the case in point it he gets to choose these these puncture moments of his world and ours and then when they happen though wow they're transformative and she started following Jesus and has been ever since hmm. What an amazing story. None of the rest of us got that in that group from that <laughs> passage, by the way. So this isn't... That's the magic of it, though. Yeah. It's unpredictable.
0: Yeah, it's not a mathematical equation.
2: And it didn't... It, it, it rooted her and it grounded her. It didn't then become an expectation that right. if God is real, then I should always have this kind of Every thing happen time. all mm-hmm. the time. It was exceptional. Mm-hmm. But I want that. I would love more than those for Learn me those. and for others. Yeah. Yeah, Can't hurt to ask. Let's, let's do it. I should ask. Oh, Lord,
0: Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, would you come, would you come reside in us? Fill us to overflowing, Lord, with your Holy Spirit come and minister to each of us in the dark and hurt places. Help us to know and see and experience your truth for ourselves. And when we see the fruit of your spirit in this for ourselves. We pray this for each other. We pray this for our neighborhoods, for our city, for our country, for the world. Fill us, we pray, Table Radio, an extension of the life of the Table Church, a community in Victoria, B.C. Our mission together is to love God, love each other, and to love and bless our neighbors so that we may see Christ revealed in common life. Music for this episode provided by Richard Charter. For more information, go to richardchartermusic.com. To learn more about our community, please go to tablechurch.ca.